0: TNA producer Bella here. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us via email at tensandaces21 at gmail.com. That's tens and aces, the number 21 at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, simply called the Tens and Aces Podcast, if you're still on Facebook anyway, or you can catch us on the web by going to anchor.fm slash ta21. One of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at blackjack.
1: Are you ready for some TNA?
2: Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack.
0: Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP.
2: And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces Podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. All right, so today's guest is me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is actually a repost of an interview that Colin and Joe748 did with me, I wanna say August of 2022 or somewhere around that time. I've gotten quite a few messages and emails from people asking for an episode with me being interviewed. So I sent Colin a message and asked him if I could repost this on my podcast feed. And he said, sure, no problem. So here you go, Enjoy.
0: Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I am joined with Joe seven four eight and our special guest, Just Dan, also known as Mike AP. How's it going, Mike AP? Pretty good. I I feel special. <laughs> you are special. <laughs> well, that's what my mom always told me. <laughs> Joe seven four eight, how are you doing this uh, early morning for I'm an doing AP?
1: Good. Going good. Awesome. Ready to talk about this loaded topic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Long overdue <laughs> topic to discuss in, in long form. So I'm, I'm excited. Well, to kick things off, um, I would like to hear what you're willing to share, Mr. Mike AP, uh, about how you got into and, and what you've been doing with Advantage Play over the years. I know we met through a different, was it Reddit? Yeah, uh, yeah, I posted a thing
2: on Reddit about a casino had a stupid rule where they would drop the shuffle on double deck at like, uh, as soon as you raise your bet more than four times. So oh, that's I, right. I, yes. I learned, hey, I can make them dance like monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> the count drops negative. Boom. Raise yeah. it to Ten times. And, you know, sure. they shuffled. <laughs> and then so I was never playing negative shoes and you, you thought that was interesting. Oh, it's brilliant. We, we got yeah. talking from there. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and if you're wondering, I'm not on the blackjack subreddit uh, anymore. I spent a brief a brief stretch on there trying to be helpful, and then realized um, it was more more pain in the butt for for me personally. So don't don't reach out to me through Reddit. You could reach out to me another way if if you're interested. It's toxic. I I go in there to promote my
2: podcast and. There's actually, there's some good information going on, but then there's a bunch of people talking with authority, don't know what they're talking about. And then if I say something that I feel like I know about, then they, you know how it is. You are a person with some level of authority, you know, more than most. It's the I feel the same about discord. Uh, it, It drives me nuts, but you know, whatever.
0: Yes. So back to the question at hand. So Sorry, how'd you get into? No, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, how'd you get into an advantage play? Well, okay. So back in like 2001 or something like that, 2002, some buddies and of mine, like mostly high school buddies and just some friends met along the way. They started this thing. It was Taco Tuesdays at this bar in Tacoma. And it was like three, all you can eat tacos for three bucks. So every Tuesday we'd go there after work, like five, six o'clock and just hang out throw down, yeah. have some beer, drink, eat some tacos, flirt with the cute waitresses, whatever. Right down the street from there was this, there was this place called Six Card Charlie's and they had $2 blackjack. So after we got done with the Taco Tuesday at the bar, we'd always go down there and it just became a tradition. And a buddy of mine taught me to play blackjack there, kind of got the bug, looked online, uh, read Ken Houston's book which the name of it's slipping me right now
0: million dollar blackjack uh i got notes
2: yeah it is yep that was it read that book then read beat the dealer which was very outdated talking about 25 (laughs) cent games and stuff like that but i think it's something that any aspiring ap should read for its historical prominence if nothing else so from there you know i just learned how to i just learned the whole thing mainly searching through forums at that time because you know you sites like yours didn't exist just built my game i had a a nine-to-five job that had unlimited overtime pretty much in the aerospace Whoa. industry so i just worked a lot of overtime built bankroll um, went from there and kept growing the bankroll and i've had stretches of like a couple years full-time ap and then i get called back into my previous line of work or start other business ventures or, or have life situations. Like it's really hard to maintain a relationship and be an AP full time. Yeah. Full time. Cause once you get to a certain level and playing with a certain level of, uh, you know, if you're black chipping, you back off to come quicker than when red chipping. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have to move around a lot. So that's really hard to maintain a relationship and have kids and all that kind of stuff. So I just did it part-time for many years. And then my kids graduated high school in 2015. Majority of that time I was full-time AP up till now with breaks here and there. Now I'm doing a, something else on the side. It's not AP related because it's a pretty good opportunity. And we're, we're doing that. Hopefully I'm not rambling No, uh, as much as I interview other people and ask them questions. I, it's just awkward for me to talk <laughs> about myself. I don't like talking about myself.
0: It has, Much of that time been local play, or or was there a lot of travel in there too? There's some travel, a lot of travel, uh,
2: a lot of local play. As you know, I think the secret's out. I live in the same area that Colin lives in, the Seattle area. I mean that you live in Colin. Yeah, there's lots of games around here. Especially you know, four or five years ago, there's even more games, better games. Now a lot of them are dying off. A lot of shops that had good games previously now do not even have blackjack. They have Spanish. Cause one operator, bought the majority of the card rooms up this neck of the woods and they're notoriously
0: pretty tight. It's funny because we've talked, I've been on your podcast and, and, uh, you know, we've messaged a lot, but I've never heard your story. So I, have you know, kind of piece a few things together here and there, but, uh, yeah, I've been all over. I mean, I've done trips.
2: I've been on the road for months at a time, that kind of thing. Wow. But- Especially post-COVID, I'd say most of my play is local other than a few trips down the coast um, yeah. here and there. And I'm going to venture out a little more now that it's safe to roam about the country.
1: Is uh, Are the, that um, company that bought up a, a bunch of the card rooms, are they just as sweaty with the um, Spanish as they are as the old blackjack? Or do they kind of just like not care as much? Or?
2: I don't AP Spanish, um, but I have friends that do. I have a local text ap text chain from the 206 area there are spanish ap's in there and i i don't i honestly i don't know but my my feeling is that i don't think they do but i don't know that i don't really ap spanish yet i don't like spanish (laughs) i get enough ev off blackjack that's why i haven't really moved into other things as people put them too much i mean i take advantage of promotions and if i see a whole carter I'm gonna take advantage of that, do some sequencing and that kind of thing. But mostly straight counting, straight boring high low. <laughs>
0: well, and and I mean, gosh, you've been playing longer than I have. You know, the, with the amount of experience you have, the act, the fitting in, and even even the kind of sp- spidey senses for heat are you know like you're fluent in all of that. I would I would expect. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit different for you. I imagine, Like, yeah, you still get back offs and all that. But, you know, how much do you think that benefits you compared to someone that's, you know, fresh out of some training and going to the casino? I think that's huge. My buddy, the snowman, he's told me and other people have told
2: me that my best skill is my game is my my uh, my act, because I, I constantly talk at the table. I'm mm-hmm. not about blackjack. Well, sometimes about blackjack. And, you know, I, I do the thing where you're looking at the TV that sports games on. Just hope they don't ask you the score or anything because I have no idea what's <laughs> going on. <or> what, sometimes <laughs> what even what game's playing. But I look like I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, and I just talk constantly. And I have the ability to keep my game going in my head. Talk about whatever. I like to keep the the pit busy interacting with me instead of watching the game, if that makes sense. Plus I do this thing where I have a spreadsheet where I rotate stops around the region yeah. so they don't get to know me as a regular. And I also rotate shifts like on a wheel. Maybe so I'll smart. go back to one place, you know, three months later, but the last time I was there, it was on a different shift and I'll have a completely different look.
0: What if it was a place that you lost and they were completely comfortable with you last time? Will you repeat that shift and that casino a little sooner or, or do you still want to be, you know, have it be a long time for that same shift to see you? That's an interesting point, Colin. I,
2: you know, I haven't, I haven't thought of that angle. Okay. I, that's interesting. I think that would be smart actually, but then, I don't know, eventually it's, I've just kept to my spreadsheet. I, I that's what I've done, but I think maybe I'm leaving some EV on the table. I have to look into that.
0: Well, you can get back to us. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you have any other questions about
1: so yeah with all the hours you've played and all the you know the places all over the country like how often is it that you think you'd run you run into another counter at your table or you know i think that's
2: you know five ten years ago it was very 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 rare especially outside of you know vegas or you know places that are predominant uh, blackjack markets with lots of shops but nowadays It's very common, but I will say a little caveat to that answer is if you ask the question, if you frame the question to be a competent card counter, (laughs) then that it's still pretty rare. Although I have, I have caught a couple, ran into a couple of people where it's like, wow, this guy is good. This guy's like 22. I can't believe he's this good. Wow, I'm (laughs) impressed. I have seen a few people out there. But, they're, but the thing is their technical game is good, but a lot of times their act needs work. And then I try to, f- sometimes I reach out to them or, you know how it is when you're in a casino, you got to kind of try not to look like you're together or follow them in the bathroom. <laughs> it's always awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say that I can imagine people hearing that and being like, oh, blackjack apprenticeship, you know, mm-hmm. like, but I've actually researched, you can go on Google Trends and see how interesting card counting has changed. There's there's like no correlation between, because Blackjack Apprenticeship really has grown in the last three or four years before, it, uh, as far as basically the YouTube channel. And that's, that's why we keep doing fewer and fewer videos on there, you know, to not oversaturate. But I, I looked it up and there's no correlation between the growth of Blackjack Apprenticeship and the interest in card counting. But you know what there is a correlation with? Is Twenty One the movie? Yes, you're right. So Absolutely right, Colin. Every every time uh, Netflix start <laughs> like like starts showing Twenty One yeah. the movie again because they'll have I don't know how it works like a one year contract or something, mm-hmm. and whenever they pick it up again or or whatever, there's like a peak in card counting interest. <laughs> that's inter- That's very interesting. So I'm not saying you know I I know Blackjack Apprenticeship is probably. Um, you know, training more card count. Whereas before someone would have to get a book and probably would be even crappier at card counting. You know, I, I think 21, the movie has had by far the biggest, the biggest impact on interesting card counting, or at least that's what it looks like in, in Google trends. Hmm, it's interesting. Uh,
2: maybe the trend is that BJA has expanded the field of competent card counters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think or, or captured the interest in that market, whereas before someone would probably, you know, get a book and they might be so bad you wouldn't even know that they're trying to count. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that we've had as big of an impact on the interest in card counting as as people maybe wanna wanna blame Blackjack friendship for. Do you
2: think maybe COVID had something to do with that? People locked up, yes. locked down. Yeah. Maybe they were absolutely. Dab- maybe they were dabblers mm-hmm. before and mm-hmm. then I think I've asked you this question before, Colin. You said you didn't see a rise in memberships during COVID. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it's that's correct. If anything, the number of new members declined once COVID started. Like, th- it did. There was a dip. And then as things opened up again, kind of memberships picked back up. But I do think that there were a lot of people <laughs> stuck at home that you know, whether it was blackjack apprenticeship or just on their own volition. Mm-hmm. I have heard people say like, oh yeah, well, I was stuck at home and I had endless time on my hands. And so I was practicing every day.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think there's, I've run across that too in my interviews and travels around. I think people that they were like dabblers, maybe they, yeah. they knew basic strategy pretty well, maybe knew a basic account, but didn't really have bankroll uh, management talent, which is huge. Didn't really yeah. have a bet spread down, they just kind of just okay at uh, tc2 i'm gonna bet xml and then they didn't really realize they didn't calculate ev or any of that kind yep. of thing that's so important to be successful as we all know i think the dabblers had all this time so you know the per, the per type of person that wants to be a card counter probably a fairly at least average to smart person and when they had the time to actually sit there and just do something they it created a monster
1: I think <laughs> yeah. the, mask, the masks, too, gave yes. a lot yeah. of those dabblers the confidence to go out there because our surveillance friends let us know, like, during COVID, there was, like, this huge influx of all these, like, new counters, quote-unquote new counters, but they weren't the kind of counters where they have, like, 50 updates and they're out there grinding it, all these, it's just, like, one entry, one entry, one like, all these new faces just, like, everywhere, like one-offs, you
0: know, they had that time at home and then that stimmy money and went out and <laughs> yeah. t- took a shot at their local casino.
2: Yeah. And if you're making a more unemployment than you were making at your job during the $600 yeah. extra a week thing and your spouse was making the same or whatever, and you had all this
0: time, it's like, uh, yeah, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And for, for those people wondering, it's, we haven't grown in new members in a few years, uh, which is cool with me because Our effort has been really like making things more valuable for existing members. I'd rather have people keep their membership longer than like crank through someone that's going to be in and out of card counting, you know, real quick. But did you, did you used to play Roman Casino back in the day? I have played Roman Casino. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't even exist anymore. So it's not,
2: (laughs) I don't think. Do they not exist at all? I know for probably 15 years, they didn't have blackjack. It was all Baccarat and Pai Gao. And I, I went in there. I was only white guy in there
0: when I went there. <laughs> well, I remember when I was early on playing, it wasn't uncommon on a Friday for there to be three card counters at the table Wow, because, because they had, they had good rules and, uh, and bad pen, but, but I, I would bump into card counters Not, not real frequently, but you know, that's how we met one of our first teammates being at the same table, uh, with him or I mean that I don't want to say the name of the shop, but a large place we played a lot of hours at, we'd we'd see card cameras there almost every time we were there. Uh, this is twenty years ago. I have that experience with
2: uh at EQC. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of triers. There's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of guppies that are trying because they, they know the games anybody who looks at that game knows it's a good game. And they're not sweaty till they are until they go straight to back off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what's so funny these casinos i just shared this article on the forum i mean the trespass not back off sorry sorry right. it's it's an old it's an old article by bill zender but he's basically telling casinos you, you know you're costing yourselves money you're you know cutting off your nose to spite your face because yeah those those car, those guppies you know like 99% of them they're not going to have a perfect game with perfect money management long term But the casinos would rather back someone off that they know is trying to count cards than take the risk of. You know what? I was thinking about why, and this is my guess: is in the same way we think about what could happen, especially you have a bad loss. You know, it's like, oh, I think casinos are thinking the same thing, which they're not thinking in terms of the EV of this card counter. They're thinking, well, they could win five grand or ten grand. You know. Mm -hmm. When the EV is, there there might not even be positive EV, but they're thinking, well, they could do this. So we got to back them off. Hmm. I have a buddy who's a floor, actually a, a manager at a
2: Seattle Metro, uh, out, just, be out, just outside of Seattle Metro, pretty large native joint. And his opinion, this might just be his opinion, is that especially during COVID, when they had limited seats, they really kind of pushed down on card counters at his shop. Because they only had limited seats, three seats per table is what they had oh. at their shop, so they didn't want uh, somebody who wasn't generating EV for them sitting, taking up a spot. It was his opinion?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, m- perhaps that's true. What I'm saying is, I think most of those guppies were generating EV for the cas- <laughs> casino. Right? That, yeah. Exactly. I mean, here's the thing about a poor
2: card counter is from the cas- casino's perspective, a they don't know they're guppies. Well, they maybe they know yeah. they're new, but they don't know that they're they have so much to learn. No offense to anybody out there listening. And because they think they have an edge, maybe they haven't run the numbers yet and they're not aware of what they're not aware of, they're willing to bet more than the average guy just betting off his paycheck in savings account. So because yeah. they're they're thinking it's just an investment. I just gotta, you know, it's if they're losing their assets, it's just negative variance, you know, to a point. Card counters come in casinos with tens of thousands of dollars at times. And the average guy comes in 500 bucks, right? So, you know, (laughs) they they are cutting their nose off despite their face.
0: Yeah. And of course, like I, I'm all for card counters, but I'm all for legit card counters. And if, you know, running Blackjack Apprenticeship has taught me anything for every person that, that both their game and their money management is perfect. There's, you know, at least a hundred (laughs) who's, who's not playing a positive ev game you know i wish that weren't the case but but it is and i think these casinos are uh yeah they're they're cutting, costing themselves money by being so paranoid but that's not even our topic so you said you know you bump into card counters what has been your kind of rule or the the etiquette that you consider when you show up at a table and you realize there's another card counter sitting there
2: well, the general rule of thumb, I think most, all of us here probably agree, is if you go to a table and you're you know, you're sitting there, say the count stays negative or neutral for a while and then all of a sudden it, it jumps TC4 or something and you notice, oh, look at his bet. <laughs> oh, look at her bet. Yeah. Oh, oh it, it jumps back down. Oh, look at, they're sitting out. Oh, I want to sit out. <laughs> oh, well, maybe they were here first. I should get up and leave. That's... Yeah. But if you've spent a three hour trip to drive out somewhere, there's one table open. Maybe that uh, is a little flexible, you know? And sometimes you kinda, I kinda do body language it will give you like, hey, it's cool. You know what I mean? And I've done that to people. They'll look at me like, give me like a a look. You know, you know the look. Um, Like, hey, we both know what's going on here. I can leave type thing and then you just shrug your shoulders or something like that. I think there's like a card counter language. (laughs) If you guys know what I mean.
1: This is assuming there's only one playable table because how often does that happen and you just go to another table? Do you still play in the same pit as another counter?
2: Um, It just depends on the situation. One, it depends on, I don't know. I have no trouble, I have no problem waiting it out. Maybe I'm an asshole. As I'm saying this out loud, I'm thinking maybe I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just depends on the situation, seriously. And honestly, if if their level of play is not great, I may just go for it anyway. Then again, there there's also considerations if they're adding more heat to you.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't look good to have two people synchronized spreading. You know, that's going to stick out. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I could think of a, a time a couple of years ago, I was, you know, sat down at a double deck. There's one other guy at the table and as soon as the count got good i raised my bet i look over he raised his bet and it was like we saw each other and i was like oh shoot you know you know he w- he had been there already there were other playable tables so i got up found found another table because i think that is the the rule of conduct so if you're listening to this and you're new to card counting and you sit down at a table with another player that is the unwritten rule of card counting chivalry it is 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 hey they were at that table first i sat down at it we're both counters let's not burn each other like let's let's not bring unneeded heat to either of us i'll find another table the
2: worst is <laughs> when you're at the table there's only one casino or one table in the casino that's playable and the other guy is counting at the table maybe it's just you and him and then he always sits out negative counts and the dealer just sits there so he makes he expect yes. you to he expects
0: you to burn the cards <laughs> so i i've been thinking about this it's it's like the golden rule do unto others as you'd want them to do unto you. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's really two ways advantage players can approach life. Um, and we'll just say in casinos, but it's out of casinos too. And if you just kind of run a simulation in your brain, if everyone is selfish and self serving, okay. Everyone takes care of themselves. And you know what? I actually tell this to my kids. <laughs> if if every Pre-tapa. kid if every kid is being just like hey how do i take care of myself there's pizza how do i like make sure i get as many slices as i want you know okay we can live that way and you know pr- hopefully everyone gets some pizza or we could say i'm going to make sure everyone else is taken care of i'm going to treat my siblings the way that i want to be treated and you know what everyone gets pizza but not only does everyone still get pizza everyone is like Happy and in harmony with each other. Uh, So if APs, you know, if you see the other person is counting and you make them play through the negative counts, like that is such a selfish move. And yeah, we can try to out selfish each other and not really very many people win. Or if we say, oh yeah, well, gosh, if I were here first, I'd want the other person to leave. I'll, I'll leave. Then everyone's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the simulation of thousands of hours of play, everyone's taken care of. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh,
2: golden rule is key. Although I will say if I was one of your kids calling, you have a lot of dang kids, so I'm going <laughs> to eat my pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's plenty of pizza.
1: I was uh, playing, I was playing in Korea at this, the, literally the only you know shoe game in the country, I think at that point in time. And I was, you know, sitting at the tables playing and then, you know, count jumps up inevitably. It's just, like, the the only other guy at the table, uh, he was from, he was from another country, um, but he was in an English-speaking country. So he, you know, we were playing exactly the same. It was like, oh, what do we do now? You know, because, like, it's the only game yeah. in the country. I flew here, you know.
2: In the country.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so and <laughs> that, that was the you know, only option. So when the next round started, or when they shuffled at the beginning of the shoe, both of us just, like, we're waiting for the other person to start playing the negatives. Cause it was a high minimum uh. also. And we stood there for like literally five minutes in yep. silence. And the dealer was looking at both of she, her body <laughs> and her head were perfectly straight. And she, her eyes are just moving back and forth, looking at each of us, like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, and we were, it was just a standoff and it was so awkward, but I think eventually I just started playing the negatives and then he left or he, he walked around for a little bit and came back and it was just, you know, in that situation, I mean, what do you do then when it's just the only game around in the region, you travel to go play it. Wow. How have you handled that? Well,
2: I've never been in a situation where only (laughs) shoot only game in the country. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but I've gone like to a region and got bad Intel and there's only one playable game and you know, I'm there. So I got to do something. Mm -hmm. And as we were talking about earlier when you asked about Spanish, Joe. I don't have that in my toolbox. I need to brush up my AP toolbox and get Spanish in for that exact type of situation. Where if the blackjack table is bad, I can maybe find a Spanish game or something else. I think it's important to have have other things in your AP tool chest besides just straight counting, just for situations just like this. So that's something you could do in that situation to answer your question, Joe. Yeah, that's a good answer
0: with that. Yeah. What if, what if the only playable table is full that it's really good if there's something else, some other opportunity you could look for in the casino. But in, in this situation, you know, I would hope that the people meet, meet in the bathroom and just treat the other person. Like if the two people can say, Hey, how can we figure this out? You know, try, try to find a solution. There was a time where a teammate of mine and I, we drove like three hours to this game that had this, this great, promotion that we knew about. We show up and within an hour, another couple, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, card counting couple team, they showed up for the same promotion. And there were two playable tables that we were at. They could have sat at the table with us, but one, that's taking EV away from each other because we're slowing the game down. We're taking cards from each other when the count is good. And covariant too. It, it's it's like we could sit at the same tables and everybody make less and draw more heat to the two playable tables. But what we decided to do was to just work out a schedule. We said, Hey, it's going on for 12 hours. We've been here an hour. We'll play the first six hours of it. And then you guys can take over because this was like a once a week promotion. We said, and next week we'll flip, you know, you get the first shift, we'll take the second or or whatever and found, found a solution. It's would have been ideal with the drive to play more than six hours, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, being thoughtful to other APs will serve you better than being as selfish as, as you can, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And not just that particular play. Maybe if you're yeah, a good exactly. human
2: being and live uh, by the golden rule with those people, uh, they'll become valuable network, valuable people on your network. And you, you know, that and maybe though, hey, there's this play at XYZ. I know you're relatively in this area. I can't make it out there. I got, you know, yeah. a wedding to go to. Here's this opportunity or something, you know, you know how it is. Cause, hey, you were cool with yep. me at that place, you know, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, the temporary EV you get from being a, you know, kind of being a little bit more selfish is, you know, going to be less than if you're more cooperative and getting, you guys are sharing info together and helping each other gain more EVs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, the APs that I know that have had the most success over a long period of time, they're not being short-sighted about, you know, Mm -hmm. this little bit of EV that is you know, even outside of just another player being at the table, I I think that that can be a weakness for new advantage players. And and I'm sure I fell for it too, but kind of the short-sighted like, Oh, there's, you know, some dollars I can make right now. I mean, a silly example of that is, is people that, spend 3 grand for a boot camp and then stay up all night playing blackjack and then they're they're like not getting value out of the boot camp. Yeah. I'm not putting putting anyone down if they've done this but you know it happens people either don't show up or they they're like falling asleep during the boot camp and I'm thinking like oh what a bummer. There's always playable tables in Vegas but you know you probably spent more on the boot camp than you're going to generate in EV uh staying up all night and you can generate EV Any night, you know, boot camp is kind of a couple times a year thing. But that that kind of mindset, I could probably think of a hundred examples of that. I I would just say, if you're a newer advanced player, don't be short sighted about the dollars you could grab right now. Think about the long term, and a relationship can prove to be far more valuable than a shoe of blackjack. Yeah, you don't want a one night stand. <laughs> you want you a long relationship, yeah. That's a, I love it. That's a great analogy,
1: yeah. Because the amount of times you're actually going to run into like the hours you're going to be at a table with another counter, it's pretty limited in the scope of your whole career. I mean, it's a handful of times
2: with someone at your level, yeah, for sure, yeah, 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 right. And those people, I don't think that's really necessary. Yeah, there's a few dicks out there, but um, most of the people at that level they get it, they understand. I would Would you guys agree the majority of people at that level majority are uh they get it they'll move on plus for yes. their for their own needs too because they don't in two counters the yeah. table is not a good look
1: sometimes yep. they don't but most of the time yeah they, i think they do
0: i've been the dick sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i try not to be but. what if um what if someone shows up at your local and they're clearly an out-of-towner and you're afraid of them burning your local game that is a great question um what do you think
2: joe i don't really have an answer for that one.
1: Oh, it's tough um it's I, i've never had like a local <laughs> casino so i don't know i mean i, I can imagine like i have that feeling of being threatened but it's just like you know maybe it's not always a threat like if someone comes in and he's just burning through playing super aggressive and he gets backed off in you know a couple hours it could make you, depending on your strategy, look less like a counter. If you know, yep. if their approach is the polar opposite, since you're trying to preserve, it may actually benefit you to have some person come in and be like, "Yep, that is the spitting image of a card counter." And then you come back, and it's just like, "Hey, you know,
2: you're absolutely right." I've been at uh, locals where there's a ploppy just betting huge, huge action, and <laughs> I'm right under their nose, and they're not paying me any attention. And this guy is just clearly a ploppy. I mean, you can tell two three hands what's going on i can and a good floor should be able to do that too even a dealer but it seems like they're pretty clueless sometimes i totally agree that sometimes it's cover for you i mean if they're betting you know two hands of purple and you're going from one to 500 or something like that you may get less attention or one to yeah. a thousand, one, you know, one black to two times five or something like that. I don't
0: know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a little early. I'm waking up. <laughs> well, I'll <laughs> say, you know, I've been on both sides of that. There was a time early on that, that this local casino that, I mean, I won 150 grand at over three years, a team, like a couple guys from a, a national team showed up and we're pulling 12 hour days, seven days a week. And it was really tough. You know, we were afraid they were going to ruin our, our, you know, honey hole. Um, yeah. But you know what? Yeah, they're being there twelve hours a day, you know, seven days a week. They got themselves backed off after a week or so, and uh, we were a little more cautious with how much we played and and how you know we still used a big bet spread, but still there was more thoughtfulness to the game, and and so it didn't affect us. I've been on the other side where I'm on a trip, and that example I said where we we raise our bets at the same time, and I I left the table, but. I've, I've heard through the rumor mill, this guy's still like upset with me that we're trying to ruin his game. And, you know, this is, this is a really tough situation. It it goes to even a bigger discussion that I hear a lot, which is like, Oh, Colin's training, you know, blackjack apprenticeship is training people to, you know, be super aggressive, no cover and they're ruining game. But that's, you know, that's kind of a binary way of thinking about it. Like everyone is trying to play a positive EV game. I was just thinking uh, when you were talking about,
2: uh, the whole maximizer philosophy of n- no cover, just go and burn them, that kind of thing. And the criticism of that, well, there's plenty of ploppies that play maximizer philosophy too. I mean, if yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't know, even if you're, at some point, even ploppies that win a bunch of money get backed off. I've seen plenty of ploppies get backed as you guys probably have too. Yeah. But the point is, if if you're doing so many cover plays, not only are you costing yourself EV, sometimes you may be playing a negative game if you really analyze it, especially if your cover play is over tipping. I have a really hard time myself to kind of, if like a dealer that I really like who treated me, you know, the cards were kind that night, variants smiled on me, and I don't tip them crap. I feel like, you know, sometimes I've gotten some looks like, oh, I thought you were cool. <laughs> you yeah.
1: Know? yeah.
2: It's like, sorry, they, you can't explain to them, you know, it's, I'm sorry, it's business, you know. Yeah. And sometimes they just, I, th- I think they just figure it out sometimes too. But that's what I have a hard time with as far as the etiquette goes. Because, you know, I really like this person as a yeah. person, but I'm here to work.
0: Yeah. That is, that is tough. I always just tell people make a business decision. Don't make an emotional decision. Like if, if you ran any other business yep. and you're making all these emotional decisions, your business is going to go under. Yeah. If you had a guy
2: who's a really crappy employee, but he's a really good guy, he really yeah. liked him as a person, you know, good guy to have a beer with, shitty guy to work with. When you're at work, you got your work hat on, you got to fire him. But Hey dude, we'll go out and have beers.
0: <laughs> yeah or you could yeah. say well he's costing me 5 bucks an hour but I'm but he's making me 100 I'm going to overlook yeah. you know his flaws but if he's costing you 200 and make, you know bringing in 100 and so it's the same thing with tipping if you're like well you know what I'm making 200 an hour I will feel better if I tip 10 bucks you can make that biz- business decision what you can't do is be making 20 bucks an hour and tipping 50 but g- you know going back to the the cover thing, as far as you know, this whole etiquette—they they overlap, but I think people need to say, "Well, what do we mean by cover? What cover?" I think that some card counters use cover plays as kind of an appeasing the gods. You know, uh-huh. like, well, if I if I do this, you know, cover play here and there, somehow the god, the evie gods won't be, or the casino gods won't be angry with me. But you're you're probably giving the casino far too much credit. That they're like, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. he was supposed to not double that 10 against a 10 right there because it's not yet a true four. Well, he must not be a card counter. Like you're giving him far too much credit. And to your
2: point there, Colin, I think a lot of, I like the term guppies, a lot of guppies <laughs> are newer people or even people that have a little too much gamble in them. Uh, they use cover as an excuse to degen a little bit when they, they know, better. Yeah, you know yeah. what
0: I mean? yes.
1: Or at least justify yeah.
0: yep. So cover plays, that's one form of cover. Then there's cover bets. And it like using cover bets, it depends what you mean by that. Like if you're not betting correlated with the count, uh even even like Ian Anderson's ultimate gambit stuff, like look run a simulation with CV data at the cost of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it might be costing you forty percent of your EV. <laughs> well, if you want cover, then do a bet spread that that's going to be 40% less EV and at least you're betting correlated with the count so you're not going to have as bad a variance and, and zero but betting the biggest thing that is going to draw attention is the size of the bet spread but you know what that's also how we make the money so if you want to spend 40% longer in the casino you know use a smaller bet spread but cover betting like over betting under betting you know it's one thing if you throw you know you keep a big bet out there for one hand and and again you make a business decision and you say oh this is costing me Two bucks or, or four bucks or whatever. And I'm okay with throwing away two or four bucks. But as far as like not bang with the count, like, you know, just use your head, but you can still, you know, generate good, e- play fast, play good games, use, use a good bet spread. And you're not, you're not being like a, a, jer- a jerk in the casino or, or again, like become like Mike AP and be so good at your act that you're gonna get far more time in a casino and you're not irritating, you know, you're not burning it for everyone or, or making a bad night for everyone else at the table.
2: Do you guys, speaking of etiquette, do you guys uh, have a hard time when somebody at the table's saying things that you know, aren't true? <laughs> And I, I used to have a really hard time <laughs> shutting my mouth. And especially and it's not so much if they're just saying things. They're just talking. There's blowhard, like, t- talking to the dealer. But if they're, like, inst- actively instructing another player completely wrong advice. Yeah, it's so annoying. I have a hard time not saying yeah. anything because I'm like, you're costing this. This person who's just here to have a good time, you're costing them money and you're telling them the wrong thing. Yeah, you got to double that. You got to double. Even if you have five, you double against any five or six. It's like, no, dude.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I always wish I just had some sort of recording device on me. I do. Oh, you do. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. There there have been times in the last couple of years I've been in a casino and I feel, I feel like Ashton Kutcher is going to bust around the corner and say I'm being pranked because every single gambler catchphrase is being thrown out in a row like, oh, come play the Spanish. It's way better, Ev. Or you, you got to play the side bets. That's where all the money's made. Or if you don't tip, you're not going to win. Like all all this stuff. It's like <laughs> it's a five person table. That's the only they're
2: only winning it if if it's five people here. If there's four yeah. people here, the 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 house always
0: wins. <laughs> yeah. Or or a dude a dude you know does some, hits a twelve against a two, which is a correct decision. And then someone's, oh, you just screwed up the whole table. Like, why would you take a card? Or, or conversely, don't take a card when someone, you know, last time I was in a casino or not last time, but recently a dude steamed left the table because someone else didn't follow basic strategy. And, and, you know, the, the guy that left the table, he sucked at basic strategy too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I had somebody at a table like right around Thanksgiving, like criticize this, Young girl, like 22, and her boyfriend were playing. Totally didn't know what they're doing. She hit a hard 14 and gets a four. And this lady next to her, is like, yelled at her. She had, like, 250 times two bet, this lady. And she yells at this girl. This girl starts, like, crying and whatever. And then oh, it's no. her hand. She also has a hard 14 and hits the hard 14. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Sorry. Excuse, <laughs> my, excuse my
0: No, mom. It's, ah. it's, it's an explicit podcast. I was like,
2: you just yelled at this girl. She's, like, crying. The and it's funny in that situation, the she was a Korean, middle aged, typical Asian lady, typical, you know, not to stereotype or be racist. But there was a Korean guy on the other end of the table, he's like yelling at her, like, You make us look bad. You oh. stereotype. <laughs> he's like, My wow. hand, my hand, my money, your hand, her money, your hand, your money. <laughs> wow. He's like, I love America. It was, oh, it's pretty, it was pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, not to get, no, racial, it's all good. but you know, there's certain <laughs> archetypes at a casino that you yeah. run across all the time.
0: Yep. So are there any situations where you might not yield to another counter at the table at the same table? Well, I think Joe's example of
2: being in a country with only one table, one shoe, is a pretty good one.
0: Could could you guys meet in the bathroom and figure figure something out?
1: I think I was, I think both of us were just so irritated at the circumstances that we didn't want to talk to each other or work anything out. Like I eventually just yeah. left on my own. I just, after uh-huh. that couple hours, I just kind of left and went to, to do some other like touristy things, but.
2: Yeah. Hopefully if you, uh, if you're in an area like that, hopefully there's touristy stuff to do. That's not yeah. you know AP related. Like, eh, at least I'm here. I can do this.
1: But it's like in that situation, the chances that that guy is just there for a few hours is pretty rare. I mean, I'm sure he was camping there for weeks or whatever it's going to continue. I Mm -hmm. I don't know what you do then in that situation, but he's there the same reason you're there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, what about this? Uh, there was a time a a couple of years ago that I think it was you and I, Joe, we drove out a long distance to play an opportunity. And it was like swarming with college bros. (laughs) One of them approached me in the bathroom and and recognized me. And I was like, yep, it's me. Don't, (laughs) <laughs> say anything like Be and cool. i, I yeah. and i i said like hey you and your buddies are slowing the game down like they're all gonna lose their 40 bucks eventually or whatever it is you know the the place had limited hours they were open and we had driven all the way out there for it and i i asked if they could just come back the next night right? They, they live there. They could play any night of the week. And he's like, sorry, bro. My buddies my buddies are here to play. And what, what would you guys do?
1: Well, luckily, as far as us two, we had one unknown face person, which is myself that was able to take <laughs> over for some of the time. But well, I also get it because in that town we were in, there was like nothing to do for entertainment yeah. other than this tiny place. <laughs> Did they
0: offer some level of cover for you guys? No, they just slowed the game down oh yeah yeah,
1: and it made it look worse because we were betting big on certain things and they were betting the minimum the whole time you know So you're betting
2: 250 times two or something and right they're betting, whatever. they're betting nickels
1: yeah
0: right. yeah, yeah the yeah. the one guy is trying to count and all of his friends aren't Um, you know honestly his EV was maybe five bucks an hour I would have been happy to just say here's 20 bucks like take the next four hours off but <laughs> that's funny
1: I mean, I think another situation where like, I probably wouldn't yield to another counter is like when you're playing a limited promotion, a promotion that's like only going on for two days or something. And then, I mean, if there's no other table, I mean, there's nothing you do. You guys have to just kind of just hope for the best. Like,
0: Yeah. You know, just to say what I ended up doing is I, I don't know, you guys tell me if I'm a jerk, but I got the table minimum raised when when the guys weren't at the table, Mm -hmm. you know, got it raised from like a $5 table to... I think at 25. Yeah. Cuz I didn't I didn't care about the 12 bucks of extra EV it was costing me. You know, I was able to then play mostly heads up. And and the reality is they are just going to lose <laughs> lose their money. you know, it Faster. like yeah, doing 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 to others. Well, you know, they, it's like this opportunity that they they can they can lose their money any night. <laughs> or for the one guy that's that's trying to count, you know, he can play it any night, but I, I didn't feel like I was being unreasonable to, you know, work to create a situation where I could, I could work for these limited hours. What do you think that, like, say there's a different situation where it's not just straight
2: counting, it's a, a promotion opportunity or some other thing like yeah. that, where you need to have the whole table with your crew. So do you think that uh, affords us a uh, moral, I don't know what the right word is, are you is it okay to be an asshole in that situation? Because that's what you're there for. More of just okay, I'm at a casino, I'm counting cards, and there's these guys playing slow, more of like, hey, this promotion only lasts two days. Uh, we're here for this. We got a crew here for this. We need this, we need it, we need this whole table. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it still fits in the golden rule of uh, if the situation were reversed, like if I understood, hey, these guys are here to exp- you know, exploit this thing and I am not exploiting it, I would want them to get that EV. Or there is a sense we're all trying to run a business and it will impact each other in some way. But mm. we want to do it in a way that isn't thoughtless or careless. And we, you know, as Groschine said, we don't want to leave money on the table, you know, so to speak. And those those guys filling up my table, they were they were forcing me to not generate much EV so that they could generate negative EV. Or in the in the situation you described, the promotion, it's the same thing. Like if they keep you from exploring the promotion, they're they're leaving all sorts of money on the table.
2: Mm-hmm. I, th- I like what you said right there, stressing that it, running as a business, like let's take it the business world. LG and Samsung both make TVs, right? But, and they make great TVs, both companies, but LG is the only company in the world right now that makes OLED TVs. So LG makes OLED panels for other companies and mm-hmm. lets them sell them under their brand name because they're just, you know, it's good for everybody's business, right? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Kind yeah. of working together instead of being all like, "Oh nope, OLED's the best," and we're just going to keep it just for ourselves, and you guys can go f yourselves, and we're just going to take all the money we can. That they're expanding the market, their market, and their opportunities by being a, a good community member. If that makes any sense, maybe I'm stretching there. I'm I've been shopping for new TVs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: how does that uh, How does that analogy work for Apple?
2: Well, Apple's uh, uh that's a sore spot for me. But
1: that's another podcast.
0: Well, you know, if if you had a coffee shop and I thought there was opportunity for me to open a coffee shop that was going to yeah, it is going to be competition, but it, it's it's a free market. But if I did it in a way that was bad for both of us, that's that's so dumb. But th- there's a level there's competition in in business and in advanced play, and I I want people to just put some thought into how they approach it and say, is there a win-win? Okay. Like if there isn't a win-win, how can I go about this in a way that I would feel comfortable if the situation were reversed? I think if people just go through that thought experiment and and put some thought into just how they look and act in a casino, uh, we'd all be a lot better off. Yeah. I just think that there are tough
2: situations. I agree with you completely, but like my example of there's a like two day promotion and you know, yeah. crew flew into town to do this promotion and you need to get this the civilians off the table. And so you got to kind of be an asshole and, you know, maybe yeah. not shower or something or whatever, whatever works. Or maybe say things that maybe just be a jerk and just unpleasant person to be around that you normally wouldn't be. Um, I mean, I've been known to uh, put a MAGA hat on, for example, to get people <laughs> off the table or a face mask. Uh I don't support that guy. No offense anybody does, whatever. Uh, but uh, it works, especially in the Northwest, which is pretty, well, certain areas, which is pretty liberal. That is like spraying a room with the stink bomb. <laughs> it worked fantastic. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is that, was that an asshole move? I think so.
0: Yeah, that stuff, that stuff is nuanced and really tough. I've never been upset at the people that got to a game or a promotion before me mm. you know mm-hmm. if it's getting a ploppy off you know i think whatever like follow follow your conscience i guess but yeah i've uh man spread at the table to, to so that the ploppy next to me you know might might want to find another table because i'm just making you know making myself wide and right maybe a little a little obnoxious because the game couldn't happen until the table was locked up you know i, I felt okay with it because that ploppy can lose their money at a lot of tables we could only make money at that one table
2: the ploppy can play a lot of games they can go play roulette yep. uh yeah. uth or whatever you know Pai they yeah, They're probably just, better off at Pai Gal. Less slower game pushes anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've up up the t- up the table minimum. I've asked for like no mid shoe yeah. entry on a table that didn't have it before. Like that usually gets a lot of them. You know, if if your bankroll can allow for upping the minimum, like a decent amount, enough. But
0: mm-hmm. it, I don't think keeping a gambler from losing their money at that table is is a a dick move.
1: Yeah, that is true. Like, actually, at the end of the day, hmm. you're,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Although. <laughs> I can counterpoint that (laughs) they're there to have fun. And for them, their fun is losing their money. They're not. Yeah. Well, they can have fun
0: at a different table. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You want me over? I'll
1: counter counter. That is, are they there to have fun or are they there to make exercise avoidance from trauma? Are they there to, you know, be self-destructive? Are they there to do something in their life? That's going to harm them in the long run because they haven't found another outlet. Like, hmm so how, how what percentage of them are just there to have like a, a fun night out versus uh, the ones who are
2: on a friday night probably
1: yeah 50
2: 60 yeah. percent on a tuesday night in <laughs> iowa uh 9 uh, p.m probably yeah two percent
0: <laughs> yeah any any other you know questions or, or thoughts on this ap etiquette topic
1: i mean i i like i went through every post on the forum in the past of people talking about etiquette and stuff and and i was kind of shocked at how many people just didn't even know that you know the common thing was to it was sort of like the whole first come first serve yeah you know kind of unwritten rule like a lot of people who are asking questions about it they just didn't even know that that was a thing and i'm wondering why they didn't already know that ahead of time like is it just because they think that It's going to have no impact maybe that's what it is is if they haven't had the experience in the table time of getting backed off they don't know the consequences yet of certain actions
0: yeah there's there's a level of of common sense that i think we're hoping that this podcast gets people to to consider you know if i burn a game because um i'm playing aggressively but treating people well then I feel like I fit in the category of the card counters that came before us from Ken Houston to all the teams and people that I admire, you know, Mm -hmm. if I burn a game unnecessarily because I'm being thoughtless, I'm someone that casino, like I leave a bad impression of what a card counter is in the casino's mouth, meaning like rude or thoughtless or, you know, I don't mean like not, not tipping, but but, uh, confrontational, then I, I feel like I did card counting a disservice. And so Mm -hmm. I'd say that any, any card counters out there, like, yeah, go after the EV, but treat people with dignity, treat, treat them the way you would want to be treated, uh, you know, in the time that you're in a casino, like have your act, all that stuff. Uh, you don't have to tip, you know, but don't be rude. Don't be thoughtless and don't be like uh, a bad back, back off would be my, my two cents. I agree,
2: completely. What do you guys think about table talk etiquette? What if somebody is at a table, and maybe a ploppy, maybe a even even some aps table talk? How do you guys handle that?
1: What do you mean? Like, are they? What are they talking? Like, they're uh, just alluding
2: med- to card counting. Oh,
1: right. Or right. you yeah. know,
2: talking way too much about basic strategy, or yeah. uh, you know, the book says
0: this or that or if it's a ploppy they're going to say what they're going to say. If yeah. someone is kind of alluding or bragging that they're a card counter or, or something, I'd say something like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm hoping that they understand like, Hey, let's talk somewhere where there aren't casino employees. you right. know." Um, and we could exchange phone numbers. Like this goes back to that, that couple of guys that were on this national team that played. We talked in the bathroom, we exchanged phone numbers and it was like, ended up being real, really valuable. You know, we didn't sit at the table and yammer about
2: card counting. That's another thing with etiquette is I've always struggled. You just kind of just learn with how do you, it's hard to ask someone to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, say like you you see somebody (laughs) out there in the wilds and you want to make that contact for your network and, you know, you can help each other out. And if nothing else, just to meet at Denny's later and commiserate on your your night, because sometimes totally. you're on the road. It's nice to have someone to talk to that gets it.
1: Yeah, in that situation, you just keep ordering them rounds of drinks over and over again for them. So then they just have to eventually go to the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> and then you rush in there,
2: follow them into their stall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except most cal- most serious counters don't drink when they're working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So order them. Well, cokes. then
0: <laughs> hopefully people here. If if someone's like. Well, I got to go to the bathroom and you know that you're both card counters, you know, go into the bathroom, not into the stall to wash your hands or whatever and, and see if they are there for you to exchange numbers real quick and take the conversation away from the casino. I think that's a great idea. You know, meet up somewhere public and safe, like, like a Denny's and get some moons over my hammy and talk, yum, yum. talk shop with them.
2: I, I we need like an international card counting sign that we know, like,
0: don't, don't okay. say, do you know, Colin? I've heard people yes, s- saying I've heard, that. I've had people ask me that. And I'm flattered. But And I, I do want to put this out there. For people listening, you're, probably people that are BJ haters aren't listening. But but if you are, we care a lot about not hurting the future of card counting. Like, we put a ton, a ton of thought into it. We are for card counting. So we don't want people burning games and ruining games. But we do want people generating EV. So if someone says, do you know Colin? Oh, that... That jerk who's trying to ruin Karkang, that is the last thing we want to do.
2: Yeah. Well, ironically, most people that are straight up BJA haters don't even count anymore. They're onto (laughs) other things. Most of them that are active haters, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: I did talk to a guy, this is a tangent, but there was a guy that, that kind of like started a Twitter beef with, with me a couple (laughs) months ago, um, like called me out on Twitter, uh, basically saying like, oh, Karkang's worthless, like kudos For them to, you know, blackjack apprenticeship to find a way to make money through a worthless endeavor. I took some offense. I responded with something snarky. He responded and it quickly turned into like logical fallacies on his part, which are, you can't really refute because they're not true. So I was like, dude, if you want to talk, let's talk. And so I gave him my phone number and, uh, which I don't normally do, but we had actually a really good conversation and we're like on really good, really good terms now which goes back to like be human talk to someone with dignity and and like nuance which doesn't exist on the internet usually yeah. but but it it went from me being snarky him being binary about card counting and and blackjack apprenticeship to him like hearing my side and me having some respect for you know what he's doing and it was a win win that was it was nice to to win over a hater by just saying like hey yeah, you're having a ton of success with what you're doing, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater by saying, you know, your experience with card counting is everyone else is is either not making money with card counting or or like an exception to the rule. Like that, it does still work. It's not, you know, and, and blackjack apprenticeship isn't killing killing casinos or or trying to.
2: Yeah, I, I had a guy talk crap about you and and, and to me because you know there's an ad on my podcast for BJA. And they go, I don't believe anything you say because you run an ad for BJA. And he's like, Yeah, that w- might have worked 20 years ago, but this is a different, you yeah. know, century and it's card county's changed. I said, Do you do you do know Collins actually wrote a book that's called the 21st century card counter, right? You do know you are aware of that. That he he's aware of that. And he talks about that all the time, that it's changing game. And he you, you know, you, you wrote a book called the 21st century card counter. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's yeah. hilarious.
0: Well, and and the the funny thing is this: all this stuff has been around for so long. Like the people saying card counting doesn't work, I was hearing that yep. twenty years ago. It's um, dead people dead. saying, "Oh, we've created all this poor blackjack etiquette." You know what? Like we met a guy that joined our first team. We met him because he bombed our table. Like you know, was having no AP etiquette, and and uh, you know, a member on my team was like what the hell are you doing? You know, let's meet in the bathroom. And it's like, stop wonging into my table. And they exchanged phone numbers and we became, you know, teammates and friends. But I guess my point is this stuff has been around long before BJA. Hopefully we can have a positive impact on it. But if we are going to train winning card counters, you know, it, it's going to (laughs) annoy people that just want to casually, you know, have a break-even game at casinos or whatever. I still think we need a, like a, (laughs) <laughs> a
2: secret handshake or secret secrets symbol like the ever, only card counters know a friend of mine <laughs> he was in a store buying pineapple and apparently he finds out that if you put an upside down pineapple in your shopping cart that that's a bat you're signal. a swinger right exactly he didn't know that and it, so we need some kind of <laughs> thing because he <laughs> he found out the hard way no no pun intended uh okay it was intended um <laughs> He found out the hard way that, uh, what that was. And I was like, no way. And I Googled it. It's a, like, holy crap. It's a
0: thing. So, I heard that because it, it was like, uh, someone got the tattoo, a tattoo. It was like a, I don't know what the purpose was of getting a pineapple tattoo, but then there like, wasn't apparently. Sweetie, no. No, no. And, and then they found out like everyone thinks I'm a swinger. <laughs> oh,
2: whoops. <laughs> well, you can get I a ta- that. No tattoo judgment. over it. No judgment.
0: You know, like, I don't know, maybe like you ever split tens or <laughs> I don't know if that's too obvious of a, of a thing to say. Oh, um, yeah. We'll have to put some thought into it. I mean – but the thing is, we couldn't like publish it.
2: It had to be like a, I
0: don't know. Well, we'll have to come up with it, and it'll it'll have to spread organically, so that only those on the inside know. I hate to say it, the the
2: common thing right now is, hey, do you know a guy named Colin? I swear, like you just were saying, that's very common.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've told the story before, but a guy asked me if I if I knew Colin or if I was with Colin and those guys, and I was like, yep, I I know Colin. Also,
2: <laughs> I've had guys talk about how they were listening to this podcast on the way to the casino and oh my gosh did i kind of sound like the guy and i was like oh really (laughs) oh
0: that's so funny (laughs) yeah yeah cool well i hope that i bump into you at a table some someday but thanks for coming on here and sharing sharing your experience i mean gosh man i wonder if we have played at the same table i had to be
2: had to be man i i swear i remember looking back Playing with someone who, before I even knew what you looked like or who you were, at Shoot. Oh, man. Shoot, Yes. I know that was, I think ah. you told me that was your first nine to five shop you worked at. You got your coffee cup <laughs> yeah. with the little barista That's there. That's right.
0: Yeah. And I wasn't even paying attention, which I regret in hindsight. I wasn't paying attention to how much I was winning. And I, I won over 20 grand. It was the first time I ever won more than 20,000 in a day. And, you know, obviously that was way too much.
2: I remember there was... A group of guys, I forget what casino it was. This was probably 2009 hmm, or something like that. 9, 10, something like that. And it was somewhere in the Seattle metro. And I did this thing I usually say when I go to a table just to be polite, ploppy, come off that way. I'll say, oh, do you guys, if it's a shoe game, I'll wait till the shuffle because I don't want to interrupt you guys. Or I'll say, do you guys mind or whatever? And they, these people were like, no, we don't care about that, blah, blah, blah. You know, and and I
0: swear one of those guys looked like you. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I could be wrong. Awesome. Well, thanks for spending the time to share your experience. And hopefully this is helpful to improve the AP etiquette out there. Put some thought into it. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Run your business like a business, but a business with some some thoughtfulness. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time.